This podcast includes explicit language and sensitive topics that some may find offensive. All views expressed belong to the individual speaking and not a representation of any entity that we have been, am now, or will be affiliated with. It's a chance to back out now. That being said, if, if not, not, enjoy, enjoy the, the show. show. But So, so let's get into the roles in the LGBT community. Oh. You already mentioned all them. Yeah, that, you, you started. You know, yeah, okay. you started. And, okay. and, and Damo, I'm going to pick on you, okay? That's good, brother. What's that? You said you don't like dyke. Oh, no. Mm-mm. Right? No, I don't. Okay. So what am I supposed to do with that information when one of my uh, favorite rappers, not you know, she's not my favorite rapper, but she's killing a lot of people. Young young MA. Shout out to her. I mean, if she's well, let me say it this way. I don't like the word personally. I don't want to be considered or spoken about in that way. If you're going to refer to me, you refer to me as a lesbian or as just Dominique. You know what I mean? Some people are comfortable with that terminology, i.e., young MA, because she is more of, of a masculine, of sensor woman. So she is going to refer to herself as that way. And that's a, that's in somebody's lingo, especially, uh, let me put it in this perspective. When I was down south, that is all I heard them call lesbian women was like. And I had to educate someone who was not aware that that, that word was very triggering for me because it was disrespectful to me. That's because I know my word. So if, when people don't know their words, when they don't know the meaning or it is comfortable for them, that's what they are going to want to be called. So some women do like to be called dyke. I don't because I'm not one. So, you know, and I don't refer to myself as that. I've never referred to myself as that. And I don't and I correct people when they refer to me as that. No, I am not a dyke. I'm a lesbian woman or I am Dominique. Refer to me as such. Just like when women say, oh, that's my bitch. I tell anybody that they do not refer to me as your bitch. I am your woman. That is what you're going to refer to me as. So, when, like I said, she is a masculine of sense of woman. Shout out to her. She is definitely killing the game. But I just don't like that word. That word is very triggering for me. I'll be ready to pop off when I hear that word. So, you know, that's just a clear Can that. I also add to that? Yes. Um, for a lot of people, it's a lack of education on all sides. Just because you're a part of the LGBT community does not mean you know all the proper terms. Because mm. we grow up hearing these terms from mm. other people, not realizing that they're derogatory. Then we start calling ourselves these terms. Then we start referring to each other as these terms. For instance, um, like, okay, it almost works like the word nigga. Talk on it. How black people. Some black people don't want to be called nigger. Some people, some black people are okay with being called nigger. 
but only another black person can say. It's the same thing with the derogatory terms within the LGBT community. If um if I'm talking to another gay man um and I and we're speaking about a, another gay man that we don't like and we call him a fag is one thing. But even to have another lesbian or or heterosexual person say fag, no, that's offensive. Like Mm-hmm. It's it's like you don't walk in those shoes, so there are certain terms that you cannot use. Um, yep. I, you know, just like um, two two women that are friends might refer to hell two gay men that are friends might refer to each other as bitch, and if somebody else calls them bitch, then. You're speaking out of terms. You're out of line. If two, if two gay men, and I have a very big problem with this. Oh my God, I gotta sit up in my good chair. Um, <laughs> <laughs> when, when anybody else that I'm not cool with on terms, like real, real cool terms with, will sit there and go, girl, no baby the lord has blessed me real good and um there ain't no girl <laughs> <laughs> Woo! Uh, Woo! Uh, let's be going and when i go to the bathroom <laughs> i stand up uh, <laughs> and i need you to understand that there ain't you you don't get to call me girl but if i'm with my best friend or and she happens to say it then it's cool because we have that established relationship at the end of the day we're going to walk away from this conversation and if she has to describe me to somebody she's going to say my intelligent black male friend Mm. Mm. it won't even be my my gay best friend or my it's my god best friend so Coming into terms with somebody, like, oh, girl, bitch, who the hell are you calling girl? Mm. Because I have no problem showing you that I'm not. Tell them, Marquis. <laughs> and Tell them. And, and I, I, it, it's so with all of those terms, it's literally you got to be in it to say it. Okay. You have to have that connection. You have to have. That type of, I know some some gay men that call each other fat and fat mm-hmm. because they take it from the context of the old of old English and of England and in, in the UK of a fag or a faggot meaning a cigarette or a pile of sticks that are burnt. Um, I've heard, you know, terms being. In the, in the club scene and stuff, can a fag get a fag? But it's said by a gay man. You know, and so I think even with, with, with a lot of these terms, we have to come back to the realization and to the consciousness that Becky, you can't say nigger. You can't say nigger. You can't say nigger. Get the Karens too. Get the Karens. Becky, Karen, 
um, Sue Ann, all of y'all, you can't say it. And I, I, I truly think that if everybody just stopped trying to be down, like you don't need to fit in with every everything. So, um, you know, using terms like shade and the tea and all of that, um, the housewives didn't come up with that. Their stylists, their makeup uh -oh. artists, uh -oh. and, and people of that nature came up with that who happened to be gay and they just thought it was cool and they wanted to fit in with the people that they were around. And so they thought it was cool to, to um, integrate it into their own language. But it wasn't cool because since you really don't understand what shade really is. And you don't really understand what reading really is because if I read you, you're gonna end up wanting to commit suicide because the tongue lashing that I really just gave you is going to make you question your life. Real shade, baby, you're not gonna get it until a month or two later when you're walking down the street and you're like, oh, that mother shade ain't like these terms are, are terms that um which is the reason why i kind of want to write my own gay dictionary because you don't a lot of people do not actually understand what they're saying and people who understand the language are looking at you like oh you don't have <laughs> you really think that means that oh Okay. Oh, because you heard me use it in this context? Oh, okay. All right. See, me and Marquis hang around in the same circle, party scenes for like probably what, six, seven years now? Uh, right. Years ago? 2012, I, right? Years. No, let's go. Back then. So, we, and he knows me. I go in, I'm not over there saying, hey, girl, this and that. I look like a dude walking in. You would never suspect that I'm a gay dude. I sit down, I'm quiet. I know everybody. I mind my business. If I see Marquise, we like, yo, how was Sunday? Um, how was our Sunday church service? You know, we keep right. it like that. And me, you don't hear me saying, hey, girl, I'm that type of dude. And Dominique was even saying earlier, I'm not the type of dude to be like flamboyant and crazy. I'm that type of dude that'll run up on you, beat the shit out of you. I'm chill, mind my business, really quiet. You would not suspect me as to be one of those gay dudes in in a in a in, in a club. He'd be like, I right, came with a girl. So I'd be like, oh, is that your girl with you? Nah, Dominique, I'm a gay man. Dominique is my friend. And so I go out with a girl, it's the same way. You know, I'm normally to myself, quiet. If I do hang around with trans women, if I do hang around with drag queens, you know, I'm still sitting there quiet, not sitting there making a mess. And you know, not every single dude is gonna use this terminology. Not every single gay guy is going to act that certain way. And you know, sometimes I don't like it said to myself, you know, sometimes, you know, if, if it's a good friend, I'm like, okay, cool. You want to call me girl. But outside of that, now you think, now you have their friends saying they can right. call me girl and queen. And I don't like that. I'll Ooh. be ready to fight. You know, I have, I have a little bit of a seven issue sometimes, you know, we're working through that. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, I think we can all relate to the feelings, to the feelings of being classified and put in boxes that you don't necessarily belong in. Right. Understood. So let, let's 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 keep it pushing with the topics now. So so let's get to the the major major question. 
why is it frowned upon in the black community? Now, before before we before you start answering, I'm gonna just I'm gonna just give what I think my perspective. But I, I'm de- we definitely gonna hear from all, all three of you. So, one I know for sure religious beliefs. I know we can all agree to that. Absolutely. Um, me being Christian, one I I definitely can speak to that one too. <laughs> the music that we listen to from specific artists. I have to mention my Caribbean artist, Buji Montanya, one of them. Sorry, man, but I got, I got to mention you. Then, also, I have to go history-wise and talk about slavery. And then the culture developed because of what happened during slavery and sexual trauma. So, you can go in any way, form that you think that is best to describe it. Go ahead. Smoke, 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 smoke. Who oh, wants to smoke? You know what? I'm going to let you go because I know you about to take us to church. So I'm going <laughs> to follow up after that. Because I, I saw your face when he said he's Christian. So I, I saw your face. Go ahead, baby. <laughs> okay. So um, when, we, when we go into matters of the church, uh, we understand that there are certain scriptures and certain things that are laid out for us the majority of our lives that we are taught that are burned into our heads. Um, and we, we're constantly reminded of these scriptures. Um, and then a lot of times, a lot of these sermons are preached by preachers who are gay themselves. I said what I said. Um, Thank you. I appreciate you. Uh, yeah. Yeah, Tell the truth, um, ain't the devil. Um, you know, a, a lot of times, a lot of this rhetoric is literally coming from people who, once the benediction is given, are probably in another man's inbox a little bit later. Or, you know, if this was back in the day, you know, cruising the sanctuary while they preach in the see who feels guilty about what requesting them to come into the study and having their way in the study. Let me tell you, I I know who I, I know a lot of the backstories of these things. So um <laughs> whoo, I'm gonna get myself in trouble and I don't care. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh when it comes to the church a lot of it has to deal with something called eisegesis. The definition of eisegesis, and by the way, I am a seminarian as well. I'm very familiar with a lot of these terms. Um, Eisegesis is a term that means you are taking from the text what you want it to mean. You are isolating it and making it mean what you want it to mean to direct wanted to direct uh, versus exegesis which is reading the text, reading under the text, over the text, backwards forwards, doing research of the text um, finding out the, the historical background the literary back- background um, and, and the context of why and where it was written who it was written for, and in which way it was directed 
to the people what wasn't perfect. And that is exegesis, which a lot of preachers do not do because they're lazy. Um, and it's more about a, ah, 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 put me in the key of this, that, and the third, and ah, 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 I got to ask. Look, that's not my flow. Woo! Um, no corona, praise God, I'm healed. Um, so, so then when you look at um, certain things with the LGBT community, and now because everybody frowns on it, and everybody's pointing the finger and saying that's not right, don't do that. Um, don't be like them over there. I was told as a young child, there, there was an openly gay man that went to my church as a child. And I was told by another choir member, we went out to sing somewhere else um, one Sunday. And we were in the choir stand. And she gave me a piece of candy and whispered to me, don't be like that. And I'm a child. And I don't understand what that What's means. she talking about? She was telling me not to be gay she told me don't be like that man but mind you after service she was in his face because he used to do hair and she needed her wig redone so so are we hypocrites in the black community when it comes to lgbt absolutely why because it's it's okay um and, and a lot of times my my issue and i love black women don't get me i love black women black women are everything the root that hold us together are black women you're not gonna get an argument from me Same here. i was raised by a strong black woman so black women are everything to me. but even the black woman i was raised by was a hypocrite when it came into her own home because she had a transgender hairstyle. She had gay friends. But when her son came out, and I didn't even first come out as gay, I came out as bisexual because I wanted to lessen the blow on everybody else. So this, this, wonderful black woman who is my who was my mother my mother's passed away she was even a hypocrite until she became educated gotcha mm. so mm. so so ivan do you have, have anything you, to add yeah i mean I, a specific question for you based off of what marquise is saying have you caught any flack for being a gay man and then you got your whole doctor's degree i mean from the gay community or for the black the black the black community i mean for me it's always going to be that conversation my conversation is always going to be different from yours just because i am biracial and i'm lighter than my grandmother and my mother and my father and anybody else i'm lighter than most people in my family so my conversation is always going to be different but um for me it's always like i you know you stepped up i'm kind of proud of you you know, I've never had any pushback, but, you know, sometimes it is like, how, how could you support me? How could you do this for me? And for me, it always is, it starts with yourself, you know. 
it starts with um, you can't help somebody as much as they help themselves. You know, um, pretty much going back to what Marquise was saying. You know, um, the Bible says if you can't manage your own household, how could you understand God? And that's in Timothy. And at the same time, you know, the Bible says in Proverbs, you know, with um, wisdom is how the house was built and understanding is how it was established. You know, so if we get to a point of saying, accepting criticism and pushback, how do we, how do we expect to, for myself, and that's for yourself as well as um, therapists, as psychologists, to internalize that and make that about us. So for me, it's always going to be positive. I always see the positive. How can I help you out of the situation? You know, we all, me and Marquise are gay men. We are men of God. We have that, uh, that fear of God in us, regardless of the pushback. So my pushback is always going to be, you're gay. You know, for me, my, it has nothing to do with my education or anything else. You know, I get support from my community. I could say the black community has always been the one that's always been on my side for anybody else. And um, for me, it's always going to be, how could you be a gay Christian man in a black community and the Caribbean community as a whole versus my education? Hmm. So, so, the, so what I'm hearing, I haven't heard Domino's part yet. What I'm hearing is the majority, the biggest thing that we're dealing with in this black community, like Marquis said, is the church when it comes to LGBT. That's the, that's the focal point. That's the problem. Well, well, I'm, well I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't even wait. see it as a problem. Okay. I would I would see it more so as um a chance a chance that it's open to educate. Got you. Because yeah. I, I I truly feel that um true education is what's missing. Um and not just uh what what's called embedded theology. Um which is because my great, 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 whomever passed this thought down um, and, and preachers before me have passed this thought down that this is what that thought is. Um, and there's no, there's no other revelation. There's no other coming to knowledge of that particular information. And I, I truly believe like um even even to go as far as say it's not just uh with the LGBT community but um with black people as a whole um the church has helped and the church has hurt but the church has to acknowledge it's hurt. Mm. Mm. Dominique, you got something to say? <laughs> I mean, I agree completely with what they are saying. And, you know, for me and my experience, you know, I've listened. I've went to church as a child, too. Um, you know, I went, I've sat there with my nana, God rest her soul. We love her, we miss her. Um, and I've listened to the word of God. I've listened. But as I got older and they started and started noticing that it was a bashing against the LGBT community. And then what, what changed it, and I know come as you are is, is different for everybody. But when this what hurt me the most. I saw a homeless man in the way back of the church just came in to, to, to praise, to, just to give his worship and his, his glory to God and whatever he sees fit for his faith. And they walked back in and was like, you have to go. That right there. Wow. That right there was like, oh, no, I can't do this. 
And you want to know, you want to know what's so crazy. I go to church more when I'm in uniform than I do when I'm outside of uniform. And let me tell you why. Because everyone is accepted. There is no, there's no sexuality. There's no color. We, we, they revert the word of God to our, to our, uh, our seven army values. And that right there gives me a different perspective. I can sit in, I can sit in the chaplain's office and talk about my female to female problems. And he ain't judging me. He just gonna tell me like he was somebody that's going in there talking about they they woman to they woman to man or they man to woman problems or they male to male problems. Hey, if they giving you an issue, you gotta find some way to let it go. Or if you can work it out, they give you that same that same directive they would give to everyone because they're not judging. Now, do they agree with my lifestyle? No, and they don't have to. And they but they respect me enough to keep it neutral so that way they can help me through what's going through what I what I am going through or what anyone is going. through. You know what I mean? So for me, when it comes to the church, I don't really speak on it. It's a lot of things that I feel that I have t- been turned away, that I've personally been turned away from. And the homeless, if you know me, you know my story, that's a dear that's dear to me. I, I go out and I volunteer for the homeless. Do you get what I'm saying? So for me to see that as a child, I was a child when that happened. So you can only imagine my thought process, but you said come as you are. Oh, no, that's not what that means. Then what does it mean? Because the words are clear. Come as you are. I shouldn't have to come into church with and sit. I would never forget this experience as a teenager. I was going to church, you know, and they told me I couldn't sit at the pew or in front of the pew because I had pants on. I said, so a woman that's not supposed to wear pants? They said, not in the church. I said, I'm not putting on no skirt just because you want me to. And man, I went off on the preacher. I went off on his wife. I did not And I mean, it was holy hell in that church. And I went home and I told my mother, I said, mom, they told me that I'm not supposed to wear pants to church. And she said, who told you that? Because God said, come as you are. So my, my, my definition or my view of come as you are is come as you are, who you are. It does not matter if you're walking off that street and your clothes don't smell good. You come in the praise and, and to give your faith and give your glory because there's a lot of people out here who ain't making it to the next yeah. day. But these people who's on the street and they making it each and every day. You know what? If you stop and talk to some of these people, they mind, they mind, their, their mentality is much more, they teach you stuff. It's much better than what we learn when we sitting in a classroom. They learn it from life experiences and their life experiences teach you something. That's why I give back to the community. That's why I give back to the homeless. That is the, that is the main reason why. But as, far as, but as far as wondering why the black community has such an agenda when it comes to the LGBT community, it's the toxicity. It's very toxic. They are not open-minded. A lot of people are not open-minded to the fact that there are people who can love the same sex. They are. They take the definition of marriage as a man and a woman. No, it is not just that. That is what society taught you, but that is not the way a lot of people feel, and you need to respect that. I'm not saying that we're pushing on you. We're not trying to push anything on you. I don't want to push my lifestyle on nobody, and none of my friends can, they can tell you I will never. But... I do want to be respected just like I respect you coming to talk to me about your man. I want to be able to come to you and talk to you about my woman. And that's and that's where the line is, is, isn't drawn. You want it's one sided. It's always that we need to respect them. We need to respect that they want it, that male and female are supposed to reproduce. Well nowadays science can reproduce for you. Let's let's go there. So I'm not I'm not gonna conform to the way that you want me to conform to because you feel like it's because of society telling you, hey. You're supposed to lay with a man. 
you're supposed to do this and you're supposed to do that. But even when you lay with a man, and nine times out of ten, they don't want to stay home anyway. They don't want to. They don't want to stay home anyway. They don't want to take care of that. That's a lot of woo. Hit other points. Hit other points. But let's get They want to talk about it's a we we pushing off our, our our LGBT stuff on them. But let's let's talk about it, right? I grew up in a single parent household, mm-hmm. right? And though I'm not gonna say that my dad didn't want to be there, but my dad had other other things going on, so he wasn't there, right? So I watched how it bro- broke down my mom. But they always talking about some. Oh, you gotta lay with a man. Some of these men out here just to make kids and ain't gotta ain't gonna do nothing with them. But you get a two parent household that's the same sex, and they're they're taking care of these children. They're fighting each and every day to adopt children because they want children. But yet and still, we have an agenda. No, we just want to love, and we want to love freely. We want to be able to do the same things that other people doing without society's rules. Who made these rules? Where are they written down at? Who says love is man and woman? Who says that? So I just I just want to clear that up that even when even when they people talk to me about the way that I want to reproduce, don't tell me how I'm gonna carry my child. Because at the end of the day, sometimes these men don't wanna stay. They wanna go. And sometimes these women wanna go. So when we make the decision to have children or we make the decision to to be with someone of the same sex, it's not based upon societal rules, it's based upon how we feel. And that is where the toxicity is lying. The black community does not want to talk about that. They want to talk about, oh, they they making babies together or they going through IVF or IUI. So what? Because if I lay down with you today, ain't no guarantee you're going to be there for me the whole step of the way. So why does it even matter? And that's the problem. There's a lot of not minding your business going on. Mind the business that pays you. Mind your business. If I ain't laying, then let me let me be blunt. If I ain't fucking you, financing you, or feeding you, mind your business, because whatever goes between my legs is between me, the Lord, and the person. Okay, so mind your business. That's all I gotta say. Ooh, let me let, let me say this before we move on. Let me say this real quick. So I don't think people understand the number one thing that the church is supposed to teach, and I think this this has been lost over many generations and years. Even if I don't agree with what you're th- doing in your life, that, that's your choice. That's how you're living. But that doesn't change that I got to love you. The Bible said to love. And I think that's the biggest problem that we have today. People's not loving each other. Even though we may not agree, you still got to love the other person. Even if that person's your enemy, you got to show love. Am I right or am I wrong, people? You're right. <laughs> you're right. You're absolutely right. Love is universal. Love goes around. It makes hate go away, okay? I'm just saying. What's, what's up, Ivan? Well, you know, um, since you have slavery as a topic, you know, most of the times when I have these conversations with a man in a mental health setting, you know, for me, it's thinking about my grandmother's father in 1890s where he got his freedom in 1915 and still had to work as a free black man for five years as a sugar cane worker. Mm-hmm. You know, when you think about that in the black family, you're thinking about how long did they have to call on God until they were free. Now, even though we're not sitting here going to church, we know the hurt that comes to be before the N word, before anything else, and the reason why we don't use these words too savage directed to us and think about how God is still the front of our household, whether we go or not. We look at for everything in our lives, we look at 
what did our ancestors go through? Regardless if it was Christianity or if it was Santeria throughout the Caribbean and the Haitians and the Puerto Ricans and, you know, the Yoruba, Nigerians, we all look at what did God, what would God say? What did our ancestors say in that moment? Who were they calling out to? You know, so God is always going to be the front at the front of the household, regardless if you're going to church or not, regardless of your gay man, because most of the gay men I know are Christian men. They come from Baptist and Pentecostal backgrounds. And even though they get pushed out the church, they still stand firm on their beliefs with God. And every, I could say, probably 99% of the black men that I know who are gay, identifying men, still say they love God. They still go to church and they still say that regardless of being pushed out of the church or not, I'm still going to stand firm. Because this is what I was built upon. This is where my roots are come, my roots come from, and that's about it. I mean, you know, that's where my thought process comes from when it comes to church. Like, what what was my great grandfather calling out? What was my grandmother calling out? You know, what did she have to go through when she was separated from it? Because she was just, uh, I think, when what was it? I think her mother was sold from Jamaica to Puerto Rico. Wow! She was, yeah, she wow! Was, and that's how she met. Him working at Sugar Cane. So they both got their freedom um, after a little bit. So, you know, when we look at my aunt, I look at my aunt and I just like, you know, she she's a, a fair skinned light woman and you have the rest of the, the rest of us and everybody just this dark skinned, black, Nigerian, Caribbean people. So, you know, we like, you know, something happened there. And, you know, the more that my grandmother, my grandmother's schizophrenic, you know, she's been through a lot. She had to go through her father who had to deal with the traumatic situation of slavery. A mother being sold and being raped over and over and over again, you know, with a bunch of kids that I'm still meeting some of these people that's still in the Caribbean. I saw one that came by when my other aunt passed away, and it's just like, she don't look like the rest of them because she was the lady was raped several, several times, you know. Mm-hmm. And for me, it's always going to be the forefront of my conversations like, what was he thinking? Who was he calling out on? And how did he do with the situation? So, regardless of the church being pushing, pushing us out, that's going to be the forefront of my house. Gotcha. I respect that. And I, I respect all of y'all. I respect all of y'all for even taking the time to sit with us and have this deep conversation. Um, as we're getting close to closing, let me go ahead and ask, I think the biggest question that a lot of the people that are against LGBT want to know the answer to. Damo alluded to it already. She spoke on it. Mm-hmm. But it needs to be formally put out there so everybody can hear it. Let me rock for a second. Is there a gay agenda? And what I mean by that, you know, I've, I've done my research for the people that hate LGBT. So let me give you their uh, their beefs. Um, media. Why are you showing this to my children? Why do we have to include a lesbian woman in every movie? Why do we feel that Black Lives Matter is synonymous with trans lives matter, gay lives matter, LGBT lives matter? Again, this is not me. This is I'm I'm doing my you know little devil's advocate thing. Um, answers, thoughts. You know, first things first. Is there a gay agenda? No. 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 There's not a gay agenda. Um, 
the reason why I say no is because we're we're not. There's a lot of us that's not out here pushing our lifestyles on uh, people, our choices, our preferences. We're not pushing them out on people. Now, when we're talking about why is there all this is inclusivity, because we all want to be included. There was for a long time where it was just, I don't know if y'all remember the Logo channel, but that was the only channel we had to see people that live our, our choices, our preferences, our lifestyle. You know, let's let's take it to the all-black show Noah's Ark. I don't know if y'all remember Noah's Ark, but that was a show that showed men of color who still were lawyers, doctors, hairstylists, whatever, and still masculinity, femininity, and, and was very comfortable within their skin. So, you know, to see it now, and I understand where people are coming from that, you know, they feel like it's, it's teaching their children the, the lifestyle or the choice or the preference where, okay, go be gay. But it's really, if people really pay attention to it, they're just trying to educate. They're trying to educate the children on inclusivity because there is a lot of children now coming out as gender fluid or transgendered. And, they want, and children have a lot of questions that are not being answered. So if they see it on TV to understand, like let's take Degrassi for instance. If you watch Degrassi and you watch Degrassi now, they have they have transgender people on it. They have gender fluid people and they always had that. But we had the pleasure of getting to see that and to understand when we walk outside these doors, there are other people out there besides us. Besides the heterosexual world, there are other people out there and there needs to be a respect drawn. Not a agenda, but respect. Respect. It's teaching respect, and that's my perspective. Thank you. Um, I definitely say no. Uh, I, I, what I will say is representation. Uh, for so many times, looking at TV, not seeing someone who looks like me, who feels the same way I feel. Looking at TV and not seeing looking at tv and movies and cartoons and not really seeing anyone that looks like me that is attracted to who i'm attracted to deep down inside so now i'm living like the reason why you have so many people that end up coming out so late in life is because they end up having to get to a place of security of their own and having their own, having their own apartment, going away, um, being on their own, being in college, you know, some some type of on my own um, to come out because I, I've, I've never come into contact with anyone else like me. And then I also, I'm, I have a security now of being out and having my own to where I'm not going to be judged. And even if I am judged, I don't care because you don't pay my So it's like, once again, there is no gay agenda. But gay people are tired of having straightness forced on them. And every time we look on the TV, there's nothing that looks like us. And even still, with all the, the LGBT representation that is on television right now, it's still not an actual representation of how we live. 
Because honestly, truth be told, the only difference between myself and another straight man is what happens when I close the door to my bedroom, a private place. Because everybody is so um, engulfed in Freudism that everything has a sexual connotation and it it's the secrecy and the unknown of what happens in my bedroom because everybody knows what happens in a heterosexual bedroom because it leads to procreation. If you're heterosexual, you don't know what happens in the LGBT uh, bedroom because that's not your bedroom. That's not your space. So you don't know. And the fear of the unknown is blown up so everybody else can fear what they don't know. So it actually has nothing to do with, with, with me being a gay man, but everything to do with a person not knowing, well, who, and obviously this, um, this conversation, um, uh, this, this question so many times, Who's the giver? Who's the receiver? Who's the man? Who's the woman? Well, I'm gay. There is no man in We're two men. And the and the, the the gymnastics that happen in my bedroom are none of your business. Say it again. Say that one more time. <laughs> Which one? The gymnastics? The gymnastics, the, the who's the man and who's the woman. Like, no, I'm you just like, <laughs> like, what was what's going back to what my grandmother used to say? What, what I, I eat? eat won't make you shit. Okay. And that's so, like I said earlier. So so at the okay. end of the day, me being gay or or um my sis being a lesbian, it's not it's not the problem. The problem is you want to know does she um eat the cootie or do the other one eat the cootie or what what do do they be fiddling and fondling on each other and what when when you actually do a research on um most pornography looked at, it's LGBT pornography and it's not actually by LGBT people because we're the ones who have the say. And it's it's literally wow. heterosexual people or wow. heterosexual people or wow, I saw that to know what is going on in the community because they want to have something to talk about. Baby, you wouldn't know what I do in my bedroom if you didn't go look. Mm. Yes, because gay porn is the mo- most watched porn the we did. We, in my undergrad, wow. we did a study in human sexual wow. my human sexuality course. And the, and my teacher actually did a study where he said that he put a bunch of heterosexual men in a in a room and he turned on gay porn. And he and he sat there and watched how half of them was turned on and how half of them started getting up and walking out the room. And he said that um at the at the end of it when they did their survey, he said nine times out of ten they got aroused because they know that another man knows what he's doing in the bedroom. 
Ain't no gay agenda. People just no, don't like to support. There, there, there is no gay agenda. It, it's simply you just want to know what I do. You know how many questions I you get? Wanna, you want to you wanna step into my privacy. Right. You want to breach my privacy to, to satisfy the sick questions of the things you think I do in your own case. They're wow. So that, so that, therefore, it gives you a reason to blatantly try to hurt me in some form, in some way, whether it is verbal, physical, physical. social, economic, in some type of way, so that I am now stagnant because you found out what I do behind closed doors, and it's free. You lucky I ain't get into the don't ask, don't tell policy. Oh, baby. Oh. <laughs> well, I mean, here's a different perspective on it. Um, we look at our community, right, as the brown and black community, as somebody that, you know, we just trying to love. We just trying to belong, try and get through life, call it a day, right? So we watch a reflection of ourselves in the media, whether it's a movie, it's a show, and it's always... A Mexican drug, it's a black drug dealer, um, a gangbanger, a bouncer, a maid, whatever the case might be. Who has the power to display that? It's most likely white people. They have the power to do that. You know, always gonna be a depiction of who has the power and how they can portray us. So even though black community, you know, we love, we try to understand our gay brother, our gay son, you know, our gay neighbor and try to figure out how is the best way to approach it regardless if you're going to be ignorant to it or not but then you still have white media who has the power to portray the community how they want to so yeah we can sit here and say that we're not trying to have an agenda but who's to say that who's in charge of the media and in charge of these movies and the show don't have an agenda to put uh, to push it towards the rest of america i mean we are just trying to love we're not trying to sit here and push it on but right. is that the question? Are they? Is that the same um, perspective? If there is an agenda, no? it isn't being pushed by, by us. Woo! Right. Here's the crazy thing. I was going to literally bring that point up, and you beat me to the punch, Ivan. I'm glad that you did. Because right, so we're here. We're here. So, Answer no, it. No, so, so this is this is what I'm going to say. I honestly think, yeah, it, the black LGB community. It's not pushing no black, no no black gay agenda on anybody. Absolutely not. I don't think that's what it is. I think it's like he said, the powers that be are trying to push their agenda. Because let's think about it like this: Why is always why is there always such a fight between the black agenda as a whole and the LGB community? Right. Why? And 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 I there's a difference between LGBT and black LGBT. Uh, for the simple fact that, for the most part, when it came to the gay liberation movement, the gay liberation movement was started by two trans women of color. The Stonewall riots were started by uh, Marsha P. Johnson and um, and Sylvia. Uh, oh Jesus, I can't remember her last name. Um, but they were two women of color two trans women of color. And that's what started Stonewall Riot. When it was brought to cinema, 
there is no mention of Marsha P. Johnson or Sylvia. But there is documentation, full documentation of Sylvia reading an entire group at a pride parade, letting them know that that pride parade would not exist if it was not for the strive and the, the activism that she was doing at that time. And this was after the murder disappearance, um, in quotation marks, um, of Marsha Johnson. Because Marsha Johnson was talking too much for the mafia. And because she was saying she was going for and pushing gay liberation. A lot of people do not know that as the civil rights movement was happening, so was the LGBT rights movement. Mm -hmm. All being pushed by Black people. And Black gay people have had to fight twice as hard, 10 times as hard, I'm going to say, than our, our, our heterosexual Black people because our own people come down on us. So not only are we Black, but we're Black and gay. Mm. I will constantly say that I am completely um, proud of Newark and Mayor Ross Baraka with the decision of what was written down on Halsey Street um, in Newark, which was all Black Lives Matter, because that's what it is. When, when it trickles down to LGBT, my standpoint in this has always been when a person looks at me, they see a black man before they see a gay man. That's deep. When, That's when, deep. I'm, when I'm identified, I'm identified as a black man. If I go punch somebody in the face and run down the street, they're not going to say, oh, um, that gay black man punched me in the face and ran down the street. They're going to say, that black man yeah. punched me in the face and ran down the street. The fact. Of it all, um, a lot of the times, a lot of people that I know have been through some sexual trauma. And a lot of people like to negate that with, oh, you are a lesbian or you are gay because of your sexual trauma. Sometimes it has nothing to do with sexual trauma, but let's, let's be honest. Sexual trauma um, definitely plays a part in some cases of why you turn to that that same sex. So um, that that can be a reason why people say it's an agenda too, because eventually some people, I don't want to like to use the word faith, but they go through a phase and then they eventually get over that trauma and then they go back to, you know, wanting to be with a man or wanting to be with a woman. So a lot of the times, you know, I like to tell people that don't let my sexual trauma fool you because I've always loved them. So you can't always push that because they like to push sexual trauma. A lot of people like, oh, you, you, a lot of people like to say, you ain't been with the right man. You ain't had the right man. But it has nothing to do with the right man. It's about what I feel in my heart. That has nothing to do with it. None of that trauma has nothing to do with the, the decision I made at 21 years old to come back out. So, you know, that's an agenda that's pushed on us sometimes from the straight community that needs to be addressed. Not, our, not all sexual trauma has anything to do with the person that I love. I just wanted to say that.
so definitely been the education. So like like we started on the mindset, um, started off the beginning of this conversation. So we're having a cop. Some people aren't going to agree on certain topics, and others are. And then we're bringing up both sides just to educate the folks. Um. So I I would like to say thank you to everyone on this call, most definitely, because this was a very eye-opening and a, an enlightening conversation um, that we, we really need to have more often because I don't think a lot of people like to talk about this or think that we should talk about it. But it needs to be done. So I want to first off and say thank you, Marquis. Thank, thank you, you Ivan. Thank you. thank you, Dominique, for coming on and talking to me, me and the neighborhood therapist. Um, because this is a conversation that we, we're just trying to understand a black man yeah, or a black, black woman, woman. Yeah. in different points and views and lives. And it's, it's just a conversation. We don't say you have to agree with all what was said today on either side of the coin. It's just having an understanding and being educated about what's going on in the world. With that said, uh, the neighborhood therapist, you have anything left to say? No, say what I always say. Love is love. <laughs> uh, our guest, would you like to say any last words before we sign off? Well, whenever anybody hears this, I just want you to understand that this is something that I've had personal conversations about. And just know that I would never try to change you as a person. All I want you to do is respect and love me for who I am. No matter if you agree, we can agree to disagree. But at the end of the day, just have that respect and that love. That's all I want to say. Amen. Ivan? Gee, um, I pretty much have none um, At the end of the day, I think that we just need to be more respectful. I mean, you don't got to love me. You don't got to associate yourself with me. But just have a little more of an open mind and respect for the next person, regardless of color, creed, sex, sexual orientation or even lack of understanding of what they're going through, just have a little more respect for that individual and keep it moving. And last but not least, Mr. Marquis. Uh, first and foremost, I just want to say thank you. Um, it, it's truly a privilege and an honor um, to be able to come on your show. Uh, I, I really want to thank you guys for using your platform to bring awareness and education uh it, it's well needed um in our community and you know abroad so i i really want to commend you guys for the work that you're doing and i want to thank you um the last thing i really want to say is you know if you believe in god god is love and i'm i'm taking that straight from the scripture god is love and i can't say that i love god who I've never seen, but I hate my brother or my sister mm. that I see every single day. Mm. So keep spreading the love, keep spreading the love, keep spreading the love. Um, I ain't got the like you all the time. Amen to that. Amen. And with that, folks. This is the end of our episode, and we'll see you next week.
Have a nice day, y'all.